time to pull up a chair and talk some Dynasty football. I am your host, JJ Wenner, and this is the Rider Dynasty Podcast. Tonight is the third and final episode of our Free Agent Frenzy series, where we take a look at the top free agents at each position and try to predict where they could go and if they will retain their fantasy value. Now, joining us tonight are my two brothers who are with me always, Eric and Don. Eric, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Uh, Ready to get into the meat of this free agency class here. Yeah, probably the best position in free agency. Uh, Don, how are you, sir? Doing great, buddy. Yeah, it's always good to be talking about the the upcoming crop here, and we'll see what happens to set the stage for the draft because it's going to be significant. A bunch of guys are going to get paid, and a bunch of guys are going to get one-year kind of prove-it deals in this weird cap year. It's going to be a strange, strange year. Also joining us, my friend Kyle Allen. How are you, sir? I am doing well. After having a slight COVID scare, I ended up getting a PCR and it came back negative. So we're back in business. Quarantine's technically over on Sunday, my employer said. Well, you were exposed, so you still get your time off. So I feel great and I get paid time off. I'm not complaining. Nothing wrong with that. Well, our special guest for tonight, you might know him from Twitter where he is dropping some of the best analytics and statistics that you can see anywhere on the internet. Santiago Casanova. How are you doing, Santiago? I'm doing very well, JJ. Thank you for having me. Always have a good time in this podcast. Well, we always have a great time when you're here. All right, before we get into tonight's topic, do me a favor. Hit subscribe, leave us a review, follow us on Twitter at Rider Dynasty, and check out our website, RiderDynasty.com, for all of our articles. But actually, if you could really just do all of that, plus one thing, Tell a friend about us, right? Just a friend. If you're talking about fantasy football, mention Ride or Dynasty. It's going to help us continue to put out the content that we all need. All right. Now, I am not even going to touch on the news. I want to get right into the topic tonight. So we are going to take on the, the pigskin prima donnas tonight, the wide receivers. First up on our list, Don, I don't know what to think about him, Juju. It's so hard to try and decide what he actually is because in the early part of his pro career, when he was extremely young compared to just being regularly young now, he's actually hitting free agency at the ripe old age of 24. It's unheard of. The Steelers always like to get those guys kind of right out of the gate as either redshirt sophomores or redshirt juniors. So there's lots of development, even for the quality coaching staff in Pittsburgh. Juju started out as the number two receiver, playing in A.B.'s shadow as a downfield kind of guy. And his career has really kind of taken a morph to being now a much more closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, fill in the voids, work out of the slots, and get you first downs, get you contested catches and tough stuff. He's an interesting dude. He had 96 catches last year and didn't have 1,000 yards, which is really interesting. Red zone guy. Effective had eight plus t- touchdowns in three of his four years. A dude can absolutely play, but now the question is, what's the market for him? Because what are you going to get out of him? Multiple sources are reporting that it's going to take a contract in the three to five year year range at fourteen to sixteen million per. I've even seen some as high as seventeen annual for him with at least twenty two million guaranteed up front. I mean. From what I saw in Pittsburgh, he's 
a great player. He's a headache. He requires a lot of management from the coaching staff and from the front office types who are going to keep him in check. This past season alone, he had the dancing on the logo of other teams at 50. doesn't matter. He's still an excellent football player. The positions and teams I've seen him linked to, I've seen him linked to the Jets. That's not me. That's other people. I think the Jets are better off using Channing Crowder in that role and shouldn't be investing their money in Juju. I've seen the Raiders, which does make some sense because Ruggs is more of your downfield guy, so he fits in there. And I would worry about him a little bit being a distraction if he goes to the Raiders, but I think the fit on the field is definitely there and they have some money to play. I also think an interesting fit for him would be Indianapolis. You've got your downfield guy. The first round pick they had last year is that dude. Now you have Juju coming. Now you have Juju coming in, and that's kind of underneath or intermediate. A really effective blocker for a team that loves to run the ball. I think it's a decent fit. So that's my pick for where I think he lands because Indy has a bunch of cap money. They've got really uh, one likely, if not two, okay receivers because you got Campbell. But you never know what you're going to get from Campbell on the roster for next year. So bringing in a guy who doesn't miss games and can handle the possession role would make a lot of sense there. Santiago, where do you think Juju is a great fit in free agency? Uh, I like what Don said about Indianapolis, but I also like the Vegas landing spot for the Raiders. I think Carr is a very decent quarterback, and they have their deep threat in Henry Ruggs. And if Juju's going to play the slot role, just closer to the line of scrimmage, gets you the first down, and Ruggs can stretch the field, I think Juju could be a great addition to the Las Vegas team. Yeah, they could definitely use uh, that firepower. Eric, are you on board with the the Raiders or the Colts? Yeah, I think uh, both of those fits make a lot of sense. There's a handful of teams that he could fit in with. Um, if I can be a homer for a second, I mean, as I usually am, I've been rooting for him to come to Washington. I think the fit makes sense there, too, because you've got the same thing with Terry can be the downfield threat and Juju can fit in in the slot. And there's just no one there. And they've got the cap space from a fantasy perspective. You'd probably rather see him go to Vegas or Indy where they at least have some, you know, in Indy's case, maybe a better quarterback. And in, in Vegas's case, definitely a better quarterback situation. Yeah, I tend to agree with both of those takes. Um, I think Indy would be interesting, but the Raiders need to make a splash in free agency, and I think this would be a great place to start. Uh, next up on our list is Kenny Galladay, the smooth sounds of Kenny G. Now, he's 27, and uh, it's interesting that he's so old as compared to Juju, both entering their first uh, free agency. So he had an injury-plagued year, but... In my opinion, Kenny G is a number one wide receiver in the NFL. Most teams would be happy to have him. For some odd reason, Detroit didn't want him anymore. I don't know who's going to be starting at wide receiver for them. I'm assuming it's going to be Tyrell Williams, I guess. That's all they have left. They got rid of Amadola. Jones isn't there. They didn't tag Galladay. Um, Galladay's big body, 6'4", 215. Solid speed at 4'5" catches the contested ball my favorite landing spot for him would be the Ravens uh I think he would provide Lamar with a real weapon down the field who can win those contested catches this would allow Hollywood 
to go back into a wide receiver two role, which is where he belongs. He is not a wide receiver one. The Ravens do have the cap space to make this work, but I don't think they're going to do it. So second choice, and I know, Eric, you and I keep doing the Homer stuff. I think he'd be a great fit on the New York Jets. The New York Jets need a number one receiver. He's a number one receiver. We don't really have a wide receiver outside of Jamison Crowder. I mean, we have Denzel Mims, but nobody's really sure what he's going to be. I think it gives Darnold a target if he stays, or at least provides a new QB, a solid veteran, to fill that void on the outside. Kyle, where do you think Kenny G would end up? I don't know that it's as likely of a landing spot as Baltimore, as you mentioned. I like that a lot. I liked your takes on that. I think that would be a great landing spot for him. But something you and I also talked about on the Rule of Three pod earlier this week is what if he ends up in Jacksonville? He would be the number one receiver there. He would complement DJ Chark well, two huge receivers with a lot of speed that would be great weapons for a young quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. Then you have Chenault to cap it all off. I think that that would be an incredible receiving trio um, and that a young quarterback like Trevor Lawrence would have a lot to gain from that. Santiago, would that be too much offense? I was about to mention that. I don't think, uh, not not too much offense, but I don't think they need it. They, I think they'd rather spend uh, on the offensive line, protect the, the new commodity they're about to acquire, whether it's Lawrence or they surprise us in the draft. But I don't think, it would be great for fantasy, but I don't think it's going to happen realistically. Galladay to Jacksonville. Don, where do you see Galladay ending up? Well, I know that the Lions are going to attempt to throw a bunch of money at him and hope he stays, just not at the franchise level. I don't know that he would. I don't think he will, but I know they're going to throw some money at him and hope. Uh, I like the idea the Jets fit. In the mock I just put out on Ryder Dynasty, I have them taking Jamar Chase at two, and I love that fit for them. But if they go and they spend the money on Galladay, then they can reinvest that pick in a different place uh, because they would be relatively the same kind of guy and the same kind of skill set. Galladay is excellent. And uh, while I don't think Jacksonville works out because there's only so many dollars to go around and Chark is going to start to get expensive soon and they're going to have to start reinvesting, I don't know that uh, Galladay is the guy there. I think the Jets would make a lot of sense to give Darnold a chance if you decide to keep him. Yeah, well, going from one big receiver to another, uh, Kyle, Corey Davis, the redemptive receiver, right? Yeah. Left for dead, bounced back. Now he's a free agent. What what happens with him? Yeah, Tennessee drafted him. There was a lot of hype. They were expecting him to be the number one guy, but he just has yet to fill those shoes. I feel like he best profiles as a number two receiver in an offense. So if he doesn't end up coming back to Tennessee and complimenting A.J. Brown, think his opportunity will certainly grow because Tennessee ran the ball a ton. They ranked 30th in pass attempts per game last season. So regardless of where he ends up, I feel like his fantasy opportunity at the very least will be much higher somewhere else. Um, I feel like he would be another good fit for Indianapolis, regardless of if T.Y. Hilton returns in his own free agency because he's kind of a different type of receiver. I feel like it's a good fit there. I would like to see what he could do with um, Carson Wentz coming in. In that Frank Reich offense, I feel like he would be a good weapon for them. Santiago, any other landing spots where you can see Corey Davis shining? 
The problem I have with Corey Davis is I don't know if he can be the number one wide receiver. He was extremely efficient this year. He was 10th in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. But I think this is a product of him being behind A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown taking the, the number one corner. He feeding off of that. And if he goes to a place like Indianapolis with Carson Wentz, who I do like as a quarterback, I don't think uh, the increased opportunity will result in a proportional increase in, in volume and production. Uh, that makes sense. Yep. The Patriots are a good, interesting landing spot. Not a not particularly good for fantasy, but I think it's an interesting landing spot for him. Yeah, that was you a place. definitely have the opportunity in that New England wide receiver room to get targets. Absolutely. That was another place I had in my notes that could be a potential landing spot for him, but the problem I have with it is he would be the number one there. And exactly. unless a change of scenery kind of changes his play, then I don't know that that would be the best spot for him. So you're out, uh, Kyle, on Keneal Harry being the number one? <laughs> and Keel. It's N Keel. I always say Keneal. I have never gotten his name right once. <laughs> That's okay. He might be able to gain more yardage if he Keneal'd the ball. Um, that would be past tense, Canel. <laughs> All right. Um, next up on our list, uh, a kind of shadowy figure in and out of the league, but he actually kind of played well last year, Eric. Mr. Big Chest, A.B. Yeah, Antonio Brown, like you said, I mean, bounced in and out of the league for a bit there. We didn't know. Are we ever going to see this guy on the field again in an NFL game? He went from best receiver in the league to maybe retired in what a year um but he did come back he played about a half season for tampa bay had over 500 yards six touchdowns so obviously not the ab of old but it was a crowded wide receiver room um you still saw flashes he was still certainly involved in their playoff run um and brady enjoyed having him around that said tampa bay tagged chris godwin um and ab is 32 years old now so I think it's he, he scares me a little bit. I mean, we're, we're now several years removed from him being that best wide receiver in the NFL level. Um, he's going to be probably picky about landing spots um, and want to go somewhere with an established quarterback, which could be good for a fantasy perspective. But there's just a lot of risk here between the age and the off-field antics. If you leave Tampa Bay and Brady, it just feels like he's going to go back to being – a nutcase. I don't. I don't know that for a fact, obviously, but it just feels like Brady was able to cut, somehow keep him in line. Um, the, so you're saying he's nutcase prone? I, yeah, I think that's a fair. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I know we're not a fan of the injury prone label on here, but, but nutcase, nutcase prone to be associated with injury yeah, prone. I think the nutcase <laughs> prone one might be fair. Separate specialties in healthcare. You're fine. You can use that term. <laughs> you know, I find it interesting, Eric. Before we go on with A.B., that Pittsburgh does develop wide receivers, but they develop weird wide receivers. A.B., Juju has had his issues, and now I know we're, we're not talking about Chase Claypool, but word has come out about how Chase Claypool is just a complete moron. Like, just, a, a, just not a good person, like an idiot. Weren't Who's Holmes the- and, and Mike Williams kind of weird, too? Yeah. 
Yeah. Weird. Don, you want to answer this as, <laughs> a, as the regular? Martavis Bryant. Reason. There's a huge. Oh, yeah. my word, Martavis well, Bryant. Yeah. Remember the front just, flip catch? It's a shame for him. Gosh. He couldn't stay clean. But for the rest of them, there's a reason that Pittsburgh Steelers don't resign their wide receivers. They just draft new ones and move on. They'll take the crazy until the crazy gets so unmanageable that they can't handle it. And then there's somebody else's problem. They just get a new one because there's, they seem to be very good at identifying that talent. I mean, there's some that have been fine, like Emmanuel Sanders has been good. Uh, all all concerned say that he's been a solid citizen. Yeah, Claypool is. Uh, he was uh, holding the camera for Juju while he's tap dancing on other teams' 50-yard line. So, I mean, they didn't do themselves any favors by um, giving a diva another diva to help themselves diva. So, it's a. Who's the Steelers' wide receiver coach? It's kind of cyclical. T.O. <laughs> the guy that invented TikTok. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, it it's, it's an interesting deal, and it has been for a long time, but they're good at finding talent. So, yeah, they, they turn it over, and usually the deal is they save the second contract for wide receivers for the truly good ones. A.B. got one, Heinz Ward, and now that's about it. So, back to the topic. Eric, where is A.B. going? Uh, I could see him in a couple places. I think I don't think this will happen. I'll give you one I don't think it's ha- going to happen and one that I think could happen. Green Bay would be a lot of fun, I think. I feel like he needs to stick with a veteran quarterback. Rodgers has been needing another wide receiver forever, and I just want to watch Aaron Rodgers throw to Antonio Brown. That would be awesome. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, though, unfortunately. No. I could see him going to Baltimore. Feels like a cheaper version of upgrading on the outside. He was training with Lamar in the offseason last year, so they've got some kind of relationship, um, and it fits the kind of win-now established quarterback mold. I like that. It would also be a little bit of an FU to Pittsburgh. Yeah, Who he true. doesn't seem to have a lot of love for. Um, yeah. But I just, man, I, I'd i like to see Lamar get that kind of weapon, but I can't see A.B. fitting into the Ravens, like, ethic yeah santiago uh i like what you said that he's probably gonna want to be with a established qb the problem with that is that those teams either are in cap trouble or have a lot of questions regarding their qbs i'm thinking uh, seattle i'm thinking houston when you don't know what's going to happen with russell wilson or deshaun watson and you know the packers are in very deep cap trouble so are the 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 Rams with Matthew Stafford so he's a he's a problematic player to place I think for me an interesting spot would be Tennessee to complement AJ Brown on the other side so that that's I think that's an interesting possibility they have some cap space and Ryan Tannehill is a very very good efficient quarterback so that could be a very interesting landing spot for me I like that actually the nice thing about Brown is he's going to be a cheap sign. He's probably going to get a one-year deal or maybe a two-year with avoidable second kind of thing, at the not much more than veteran minimum, because he's going to be able to dictate his spot. He's at that point in his career. And to be perfectly honest, if he ends up anywhere, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he stays in Tampa. Yeah, if he doesn't end up staying in Tampa, I feel like the next pla- next best place for him to chase a ring would be to go replace Sammy Watkins in free agency and go to Kansas City. Like Santiago was saying, he'd be a cheap sign. So I feel like that'd be a good spot for him. And what a tour of quarterback talent to go from Big Ben to Tom Brady to Pat Mahomes. Not bad. 
Yeah. Hard not but to put you up imagine good that wide those. receiver room with Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill. Jeez. Hey. I'd pay to watch that cage match. Hard knocks. Hard knocks. knocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> UFC no, 260, Tyreek Hill and Antonio Brown. Yeah, I don't think either of them would fight him. Fight another grown man. No, probably not. Um, that doesn't seem their speed. Eric, you know what? I'm going to stick with you and old receivers. Uh, All right. Even though I believe he's a junior, uh, he's definitely a senior <laughs> in the league. Marvin Jones. Yeah, Marvin Jones is getting up there a little bit. Last year, he was... Uh, this is age 30 season. He still uh, put up 978 yards, nine touchdowns, though. Fifth straight year with a 900-yard pace. I mean, he's had injuries in a few seasons that have pulled him off of that, but he's been pretty consistently productive for five or six years now. Um, and I also thought it was interesting that Marvin Jones finished as a wide receiver 18 last year in PPR leagues. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever would have told you that Marvin Jones was a top 20 wide receiver. Um, so he's been legitimately productive, even if he's not jaw-dropping. Um, I think the list for him is similar to a lot of the teams we've talked about, obviously the wide receiver and needy teams. Uh, his yards per reception has come down in recent years. He used to be a real like kind of deep threat, just go up and get it. Kind of got kind of like a, a Galladay, actually. Um, but I'd still like to see him with that kind of like, I don't know, F it, I'm going deep style quarterback and see him in New Orleans with Jameis I think that would be fun assuming Jameis is there um, so I don't know that's just kind of my my dream spot I don't know that I would invest much in him from a fantasy perspective right now because I think he's the sort of guy who you probably don't need going into the year but maybe you want to acquire the deadline cheap so no need to do it now but I think he he has some potential left this year see I I agree with everything you say, but the end. I think he's he's a guy that if you can move a fourth-round rookie pick for, you move it for him, especially in a best ball league. I love picking up vets for later-round rookie picks in a best ball league, especially when you're in um, contention for the championship. Because those are the guys who end up putting up 600 yards and four TDs and they'll have those bust out weeks and you'll be able to they'll mm -hmm. find their way into your starting lineup once or twice. I he does so, feel like a guy who gets a bump for a best ball league where you're not like mulling over whether you, you got to put him in the lineup, you just benefit when he blows up. A fit I like for him is Washington actually. He'd be a solid wide receiver 2 option, complement Terry McLaurin. If they can figure out the quarterback position, that would be a fun spot for him with Gibson, McKissick, and McLaurin. That'd be a fun four offensive weapons for any quarterback. We have Taylor Heineke, Kyle. Uh, we have figured out the quarterback position. Thank you. Kyle Allen. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He's whispering again. Uh, thank you. There is a no whispering rule on this pod. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. He looms. He's ready. Drop of a hat. Santiago. I like the Washington landing spot, and uh, I think a similar place would be the Cardinals. There's really no clear wide receiver, too. You have DeAndre Hopkins and a very young, talented QB. So if he can fit into the wide receiver, two role, he's still, I mean, 30 years old, but wide receivers tend to be a little bit playing to their older years. So I think he has a little bit left in the tank. 
and could complement that offense very well. Yeah, you. everybody expected Christian Kirk to step into that role. Uh, they drafted... Um, who was the young... Andy Isabella. Skinny white kid. Oh, yeah, Andy Isabella, who kind of busted out. They had Hakeem Butler for a minute. Um, and none of these guys seem to be able to fill a role, especially the role that Larry Fitzgerald is leaving wide open. So I think Marvin Jones would be great on that team and give Kyler Murray a, a, a reliable second option to dump the ball off. Besides Sam Darnold's evil twin, Dan Arnold, who still plays tight end there, so... Pretty sure they're the same person. Don, any thoughts you know, on Marvin Jones? I like him uh, going out to the Rams on a cheap deal, maybe a one-year, give it a shot. There was a little Twitter flirtation there when Stafford went to the Rams uh, between the two of them, like, you know, hit me up kind of thing. He'd be a great fit schematically. He would work very well with the two established receivers right there and fun guy Cooper Cup. If he's willing to sign a cheap contract to go for it, I don't know. He's 30, so he's made his buck. He, the Lions paid him handsomely to come there. Handsomely. So it's one of those deals where maybe he's ring chasing and feels like that's his best go. Well, Don, speaking of wide receiver twos, um, Curtis Samuel, somebody who's shown some promise down in Carolina but seemed to take a step back this year. What do we see for Curtis? He's such an interesting guy. His growth has been almost completely even a straight 200 yards per season in every one of his four pro seasons. It's remarkable from 494 to 625 to 851 last year in slightly less targets than he had in 2019. Dude's fast. He's a weapon. You can use him in 11 different ways. He could take the end around rush. He's very elusive, can return kicks, can do a little bit of everything you want, which is great for your number two receiver. And he can take the top off of defense and can flat out fly. The interesting thing is, what do you pay this guy? Because he's never had a thousand yard season. He's only ever had a hundred targets in a season once. And his high for catches was last year was 77. So he went 97 targets with 77. It's a really good catch ratio. But it's one of those deals where it's like it's a one-year guy. So, I mean, the projections right now are showing that he's going to get in the 7 million range on a three- or four-year deal. Pretty interesting. It's actually worth it for a young team that needs kick game help. I think he'd be very interesting in a bunch of different landing spots, but it's got to be somewhere that already has an established one because he's not that guy. He's going to be your two or a plug-in or a gadget kind of player. And I think New England makes a lot of sense here. He's going to be relatively inexpensive. So if they go out and get a Galladay, they could add a guy like Samuel, and now you have a ready-built, ready-to-go wide receiver core. I think he makes some sense in Miami because he's something the Dolphins flat don't have. That speed, that kind of out-of-the-slot maneuverability, short area quickness is something the two storks they have on the outside of their offense right now just don't do. So I think that would be interesting. And realistically, at 7 mil a year, a lot of teams can shuffle that cap space. So I think on a three- or four-year deal at the 7 price point, you shift the some of the guaranteed money up front, maybe you even get it down to 6.5. He could be a very affordable wide receiver, too, for a lot of teams. Kyle, as a Patriots fan, 
um, if Curtis Samuel would go there. Is Jacoby Myers better than Curtis Samuel? Better? I don't think so, no. Um, and I, I don't think he is. I would love for him to come to New England, but as Don just said, cap space would be, um, or a team that has cap space issues could afford him. And I think a team that has cap space issues that could afford him and could make some moves to make it happen would be Green Bay. And I would love to see him in a Matt LaFleur offense because of all the things that Don was highlighting, his speed, his versatility. He had like 41 rushing attempts with Carolina last year. Like if anybody can utilize that guy and make a fun offense that's not named offensive genius Sean McVay, shout out Don, it would be Matt LaFleur. I would love to see him in that offense. Mr. Casanova, where do you see Curtis Samuel fitting best? Kind of a repeat here, but I would like to see him in the Raiders. He could fit that offense very well. I Like you said, he's not number one, and I don't think Henry Ruggs is a number one as well, uh, either, so that's a pretty interesting situation that they're going to have to navigate if that does happen. But I, I don't hate it as a landing spot. I He is a very versatile player. He was second in red zone opportunities last year among wide receivers, so that's that's huge. He has a very big role in that area. And I think that's a good landing spot. Very difficult to navigate, but uh, decent. Really fits the whole classic Raiders like speed thing too with him and Rugs. Be kind of a fun uh, combo. Would definitely be interesting. I, w- I will say, I keep going back to the same thing. But he more than anybody else makes sense for Washington. His former coach is now Washington's coach and Ron Rivera, and. I mean, we, like we talked about, he's kind of that. I mean, he's he's a legitimate route runner. He's a legitimate receiver, but he has that versatility that you know send him on an end around, use him kind of as a running back out of the backfield um, thing that Washington has really liked out of their wide receivers, and they've tried to do it with Stephen Sims and Isaiah Wright, but it's you know Stephen Sims and Isaiah Wright aren't long term solutions. <laughs> so I mean, they need they're going to add somebody. I I think that's clear. I think he makes the most sense. I w- also think he's going to get more money than people expect. I feel like he he could get. I wouldn't be surprised if he got $10 million plus a year. I think somebody's going to pay him to be a, a legit Number borderline two. wide receiver one, wide receiver two receiver, yeah. Yeah, I can see that happening with his age and his talent and skills. I can see you know teams going into some sort of bidding war for him and driving that price up yeah but that will be a mistake i would say unlike anybody else on the list that we've talked about though this guy has kind of more meat on the developmental bone than anybody left or anybody we've mentioned so there's still room for growth here in his game that's the thing i feel like somebody's going to talk themselves into right right or wrong that's exactly it talk themselves Mm -hmm. into oh we can coach it we can we can talk yourself into an expensive project like yeah. so many coaches yeah. do, somebody's going to think they're the smartest guy in the room, and like this is what we're going to do, and it's going to be awesome, and it isn't. <laughs> Bill Belichick's going to sign yeah. him for four million. Wait, Adam Gase isn't still on the Jets, right? Nope, he's gone. <laughs> All right, good. He won't come to us then. All right, next up on our list is somebody who, uh, pre-pod, you guys said we're, we're all surprised he was on here. Kendrick Bourne. I'm a big Kendrick Bourne fan. Nobody else? All right. Well, he's 26. He's coming off his most targeted season. Uh, He filled in aptly for the injury-ravaged 49ers receiver room last year. 
Uh, and despite the Drek throwing him the ball, he started five games. He had solid numbers in those games. Uh, he only ended up as the wide receiver, 60, but he wasn't even drafted. Um, he's still young-ish at 26. He's talented. For my landing spot, I want to see him go to Washington. Because they have a number one, right? They have Terry McLaurin. Right, the same thing we said with Corey Davis. He doesn't have to be the number one. He just has to fill out the rest, right? He has to be the next guy. And I definitely think Kendrick Bourne has that capability. Maybe of not being the second target on a team, but maybe the third target, right? No, no, I'm, I'm getting off yeah, I, shakes. Go ahead, Eric. I, I think it's a fair landing spot. It just... As a Washington fan, it it feels like that wouldn't solve anything. You know, it feels like they added another guy in the Isaiah Wright, Isaiah Wright, Stephen Sims territory, more than a true second option, which I think is his problem and a few other guys on this list' problem is where can they go where they really are treated a top, as a top two receiver to get fantasy value? I don't think Kendrick Bourne's a bad player, but I, I don't know. I don't know if I see him getting that volume what about a team like maybe cleveland that's largely turning over their wide receiver room especially if they move on from obj i like the cleveland idea actually uh if they move on like in the near future he could maybe fill out a wide receiver two role but uh i'm not a big fan of kendrick Bourne in general I don't think he has the, the the alpha wide receiver gene or whatever you want to call it. So I, I don't see him succeeding greatly in any landing spot, to be honest. You hurt me. You hurt me with your words, but I trust your words, Santiago. I trust your words. All right. So F. Kendrick Ford, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> there's no sequel to this one. Will Fuller, Kyle. Yeah, Will. Uh, I know he was healthy when he was on HGH, but can he stay healthy now that he's clean? Yeah, that's an interesting one. So, as you said, he got popped for a PED. Um, he claims that he sought medical treatment and was given a subs or given a product that had a banned substance in it unknowingly. Whether that's true or not, we'll probably never know. Yeah, for the viewers at home or the listeners at home, you couldn't see JJ's wink, wink. He was coming off of what appeared to be one of his best seasons yet. He was healthy up until the point that he got popped for the PED. Houston is expected to try to keep him around, but I don't think that they will. An interesting landing spot I think would be fun for him would be Miami, who would give the Dolphins a player who can stretch the field that would serve as a good complement to a wide receiver one that they would potentially take in the draft. I know Don mentioned that Miami would um, potentially take Devonta Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner out of Alabama. I think those two paired together with Tua could be something fun to see. Eric? I like the Miami fit. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I don't think he stays in Houston. I like that fit. I, I think somewhere like Philly could be interesting. Um I don't know that they have the cap room to make that kind of move. I don't know what kind of contract Fuller's going to command with his you know, one-game suspension in a weird situation. Um, mm-hmm. But they could use an outside wide receiver. I think Rager was 
not what they were hoping for, at least so far. Um, and yeah. and they need to surround Hertz or whoever's going to be there with some weapons. Well, hey, if he went to Philly, he and Alshon Jeffrey could commute to therapy together. <laughs> yeah, true. Injury joke. Sorry. Go ahead, JJ. <laughs> Santiago, what do you think about Will Fuller going to the Packers? That would be very, very interesting. Uh, Aaron Rodgers with wide receivers is a scary notion. So, especially one like Will Fuller. If you have a Will Fuller, Devontae Adams tandem, is just absolutely dangerous. I don't know if they're going to go for him. I don't know what his situation is health-wise and uh, suspension-wise. I'm really not aware of what's going on there. But I was thinking maybe something like the Colts could bring him in. That's my... Uh, I think that's a good landing spot. Get Carson Wentz some, some weapons. And I I could see him in the Colts, honestly. I I wouldn't be upset with seeing him on the Colts. Could you imagine? Carson Wentz would be so happy to have all those weapons. He wouldn't oh. know what to do with himself. And an offensive line. Might be crazy there. All right, Eric, next up on the also ran express. Yeah. Josh Reynolds. Yeah, uh, Josh Reynolds. We were talking about him a little bit before uh, the podcast tonight uh, I was a little harsh on Josh Reynolds so I just want to disclaimer I, I don't hate Josh Reynolds I liked him coming out of college I had high hopes for him and he's been a relatively you know productive player carved out a solid role with the Rams gradually progressed from like a hundred yard guys rookie year to a 600 yard guy last year uh, but he's currently 26 and like I was just saying for Kendrick Bourne I think he falls into the category of a guy where I when I'm looking at this list, I have a, a tough time finding where he's a top two wide receiver. There's some teams, maybe Washington, Philly, Detroit, Baltimore, New England, you know, maybe he can be a top two guy there. But it feels like with all the talent in the draft, other free agent options, once things settle, I don't see a ton of places where it works. One long shot, maybe fun situation, though, is... If Kansas City moves on from Sammy Watkins, they don't have a ton of cap space. Nicole Hardman kind of has a unique role where maybe Josh Reynolds could be the, you know, quote-unquote n- number two guy there opposite of Tyreek. I don't know that it's – I don't know that it would go they anywhere. Definitely could have, they definitely could have used that in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean – they, they could use a, a second wide receiver, and I don't think they're going to, you know, they're not going to go and get Kenny Galladay, so I don't think, with the cap space. So, I don't know. Could just give him a bump, you know, classic Mahomes bump to his value. Yeah. It's a shame. Reynolds just is not an outside receiver. He's a third guy. He's a slot guy. And any more than that, he's going to be overexposed and ineffective. So, he probably gets a one or a two-year deal at the low end, and he's probably somebody's third or fourth wide receiver and. He'll have a job. He'll have a role, but like the 600 yard, three, four touchdowns. That's what you're going to get out of him. He didn't play outside. Not well. I thought Cup was their slot. They moved everybody everywhere. That offense was entirely designed on motion and just messing with everything. There wasn't a there wasn't a true alignment there. A place I've seen him rumored to end up going is Cincinnati, where he could fill in that three or four role. You've got. Um, 
You've got Tyler Boyd. You've got T. Higgins there as the one and two, however you want to order that. And he could compete with Auden Tate for that three or four role. Yeah. They could sign him to a one or a two year deal. I think it would be an interesting fit for somebody like him. Well, speaking of um, T. Higgins, his slower, not quite as great cousin, Richard. Uh, Don, what do you see happening with Richard Higgins? He's an interesting cat. And if. I would say his best idea is to go back to Cleveland. He's an interesting guy in that he took over the number two role as soon as OBJ tore up his knee last year. And as soon as he did, the offense really, really took off. Higgins last year ended up with 600 yards, but those 600 yards were almost exclusively garnered after the OBJ injury. He ended up with four TDs and almost matched Landry going down the stretch in terms of total catches, total volume, and total yards. So, on that offense that doesn't predicate throwing the ball all that much. He was really effective and fit nicely, and I don't think he's going to command a tremendous amount of salary. So he's the kind of guy that would would fit effectively. As I look at SportTrack right now, SportTrack.com is projecting him at somewhere in the 40 or $24 million. That's nothing for a wide receiver, too. He is 6'1". He can play on the outside. Um kind of coming off a small school pedigree out of Colorado State. Good hands. Had almost an 80% catch ratio. So, I mean, very effective. Found a good role in offense, and I think he would do well for himself to stay in Cleveland. Santiago, do you you think Higgins should stay, or is there a better landing spot for him? I think staying is a wise choice for him. He is very efficient as a wide receiver 3 maybe two in an offense, not a wide receiver one. He was, I think, fifth in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns, so he has the ability to be efficient with the targets he gets. One landing spot that's interesting to me is the Chargers. They have the the money, and he would be behind Keenan Allen, and I'm not sure if Mike Williams is staying or not, but if Mike Williams is still there, he would be the number three, and with Herbert at QB. So I think that's a very good combo for him. He could be very efficient in that role, and that's where I would like him to be. That would be nice for Herbert. Yeah, that'd be a great fit. I think San Diego's uh, San Diego. I did it again. I think LA goes and uh, invests most of the money that they can garner on trying to keep Hunter Henry around for Herbert. But if they can't, then Higgins would be a great investment for them. All right, so at the bottom of our list, we I listed a bunch of other free agents. So we're just going to go through these. If you have something to say, say it. If not, we'll go to the next guy. All right, Zach Pascal. Didn't think so. A.J. Green. Oh, I love A.J. Green, but it's time for him to retire. <laughs> I, I'm, I was so sad to see him not be able to do anything, even though they were trying to target him so much last year. And it just didn't work between him and Burrow. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I, I don't know where he could go. Eric? Baltimore? I don't know. They already they tried a washed-up wide receiver so last year with T.O., yeah. didn't they? That's more no, of a, I could see it happening than a – I think it's a great yeah. fit. Yeah. I could see he's that at least still too. in the league. Des Bryant was out for how long and then tried to make a comeback, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's an upgrade. At least he's still at, le- quotes, league speed, you know? 
Now, a rookie sensation who made a comeback last year in year three, I believe, Keeling Cole. Cole's an interesting Anybody guy. have any feelings? Yeah? Yeah, I think he's an interesting guy, and I think if somebody's trying to bring in a relatively inexpensive and effective slot guy, number three, four-type wide receiver, I think he definitely gets a look. It would be interesting to see him wind up back in Jacksonville because he did something that the other wide receivers they have don't. But he's a guy that could fit in just about any offense. He's a real chameleon in that way. Eric, you you were banging the table for this guy, Tim Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a specific landing spot in mind for him, but he had 700 yards, uh, kind of fighting his way onto the scene. Cortland Sutton was out for almost the entire year. Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler were kind of banged up at times, but Tim Patrick had a pretty solid season and made a name for himself in a in a good wide receiver room without good quarterback play. So I don't have a landing spot in mind, but I think he's he's a guy who could be a good low-cost flyer for a lot of teams. Yeah, that low-cost so, flyer is a, is a very good point. So I, I think a team like the Seahawks could pick him up, be kind of the complimentary guy. So I, I do like Tim Patrick's potential going forward. Yeah, he could definitely slot into that David Moore role that was o- opened up. Because David Moore is a free agent. Speaking of David Moore as a free agent, yeah, I didn't think anybody cared. Um, Nelson Aguilar. Now, he's not going to be low cost. He's probably going to want to get paid. But despite showing up for the Raiders, is he going to get paid this year? Does anybody trust a Nelson Aguilar? No, I don't. I don't trust him at all. Um, It was great that he was able to rehab his career a little bit on the one-year deal in Las Vegas. Hopefully he stays there because that seems to be a good fit for him. And David Carr certainly appreciated his talents and was able to utilize him effectively. I just don't see it other places. I don't know. Uh, I still have the Philly flame out stuck in my head compared to what he did this year, and that's hard to get past. Yeah, these one-year deals like that, we so often refer to them as a prove-it deal. And as you both said, you know, he did pretty well in Vegas despite what others believed he might do after his Philly showing. So I feel like that's the best fit for him. Go back there, go to what he's familiar with. He may not get paid what he wants to or what his agents say that he's going to command, but if you want to keep playing and you want to keep getting paid, you take what you can get. Rashad Perriman. Nope. Willie Sneed. I love Willie Sneed. Do you? Why? <laughs> I love Willie Sneed. I'll tell you why. No, I'm curious. First of all, I love I I do. I love his hair. I love his hair. I love how he looks. Like I love the look of Willie Sneed. But what I like about his game is that he has classic old man wide receiver game. Willie Sneed can get open in a phone booth. He's not going to get you a lot of yards. Like he, he he's not going to turn in big numbers. But he was constantly showing up for Lamar Jackson last year when nobody else on that team was. And everybody else on that team has a lot more draft capital than he did. You know, he's a vet. He's older now. I loved him on the Saints. I still like Willie Sneed. I still think he has a place in this league. I think he ends up back in Baltimore. They certainly love him. They love his blocking ability. And as a veteran guy in the locker room, he's obviously a good influencer. They wouldn't be there. So, yeah, why not? 
Yeah, that's why I love him. Speaking of guys I love, Eric, hmm? Sammy Watkins. Oh, oh music. Geez. Play that oh, music. Boy. No music. Oh. I broke up. I'm done. Uh, whoa. I'm done with some news nope. to me. Nope. Yeah, it's it's over. He's like a drug, you know. It's he's, over, Johnny. It's gonna pull us back in, you know, the second we start talking about him. But I'm with you. I'm trying to move on here. It didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about it. Let's move on. I'll be your counselor. Let's Unless move you're on. still into America, then I'll still be in. No, no. <laughs> I'll be your counselor. Let's move on, guys. Let's talk about T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> oh, yeah. T.Y. Anybody into T.Y.? He'll be awesome think, for about three weeks. Hey, that's good for best ball, right? I think T.Y. would be an interesting fit in Las Vegas. He could benefit or they could benefit from a veteran wide receiver in that locker room. Gruden has been known to be extremely compliment. What am I trying to say? Give a lot of extremely complimentary. Complimentary. Thank you. Couldn't get that word out. He's been quite complimentary of Hilton whenever he was in the broadcast booth, and he kind of fits that bill of the Gruden grinder. He's not the biggest or the strongest guy, but he produces. He gets open. He's a good route runner. He's got good hands for a small guy. At 31, 32 years old, he's seen everything. You know, give him a shot. Santiago? I think a team that could benefit from a veteran presence in the wide receiver room is probably the Giants. Get someone reliable for Daniel Jones. He's not the flashiest. He's not going to be your big play guy. But he's going to give you something reliable for Daniel Jones to throw at because that wide receiver room is a mess. So I think that's a very solid landing spot for him. I'm glad you brought up the Giants. We have not talked about the Giants enough in placing wide receivers there. They definitely need wide receiver help. Uh, Golden Tate is a free agent. He's done, right? I'm would, done with Golden Tate. I would have to think. All right. Uh, yeah. Mohamed Sanu, done? Done. Yeah. Done. Byron Pringle. I like Byron Pringle. Great name. Great name. <laughs> I think he is a better player than Nicole Hardman. But I don't know if he'll ever get the shot. He can run one route. That that way straight More than Nicole. That's it. More than Nicole. (laughs) Nicole can't run any routes. I mean, yeah, if you can't if you can't break out in Kansas City where you know, with Mahomes and no well, I think that's a little unfair to say. If you can't break out with only Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey on the breakout's yeah. a little harsh, but I mean, show a little something. I think you know. Yeah, yeah, he didn't show anything. Well, he had that elite Sammy Watkins ahead of him on the depth chart. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good. point. I'm a bad counselor. I brought back. him up. Edward Somebody back. else. <laughs> yeah, you're like, hey guys, stop drinking. Anybody want whiskey? <laughs> hey, let's take a shot, boys. Wait, is whiskey? Does whiskey have alcohol? <laughs> oh no. What's that wound? Let me find some salt here to just grind in there. <laughs> All right. So after the whitest name in the world, Byron Pringle, let's. Uh, what about Adam Humphreys? No, nothing for Adam. I feel bad for him. He had a really bad concussion, and I don't know if he's going to play anymore. He's still suffering the effects from it. So hmm. I kind of liked Adam Humphreys, so I'm sad. But uh, last up. You can't teach speed. John Ross. John Ross. Can we just put him on the Packers for free and just let... Just see what happens. Shit, put, 
Why don't we put John Ross on the Chiefs? <laughs> I guess he fits the MO, but nah. <laughs> How about we put him on the, the, the Ravens? Lamar can just throw it as deep as he can. John Ross can run and catch But that's it. what Hollywood oh, does. That's literally oh, yeah. all Hollywood does. Still doesn't work. And if John Ross could run and catch balls, he probably wouldn't be a free agent. <laughs> we should be NFL coaches. Zing! <laughs> <laughs> Do you like my strategy? Just run deep. <laughs> Throw it. Go. <laughs> well, I mean, that is what the Chiefs did. They're like, hey, we're going to draft a quarterback that can throw it 900 yards and then draft a bunch of receivers that run real, real fast. Hope for the best. Is, is there anybody else that's a free agent who we have not mentioned? I'm sure there's some, but that's a really solid list. <laughs> yes, but I don't <laughs> But nobody worth mentioning at this point. I would say. Right. I just wanted to make sure there's nothing glaring I overlooked. Uh, two of the guys who we were going to talk about were tagged. Um, Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin. I don't think Godwin's going anywhere. Don, you think Robinson might be traded? I think it's a possibility because I really think he wants nothing to do with being stuck in Chicago. I think the only way that he could justify wanting to stay in Chicago at this point in his career is if they find a way to trade for an actual veteran quarterback with legitimate talent. I don't know how they're going to do that when they're basically capped out. I don't know how they're going to do that with limited resources. So, I mean, unless it's witchcraft or wizardry, I just don't see it fitting. And I think he's going to try everything he can to force his way out of there to get himself to a position where it's going to be effective. I think sign and trade here is probably the way to go. That sounds good to me. All right. So it is time for tags where we share our final thoughts and let the riders know where they can find us. Don. So as you know, I tend to stay away from the social media. Some even refer to me as the social media Sasquatch because I'm not interested at all and don't want to be there. But this is the time of year where I break my social media fast and poke my head out to put out mock drafts for people to laugh at. So head on over to Rider Dynasty. It's the first time I've actually put anything in actual print on the site and I already screwed up calling the San Diego Chargers San Diego so there you go a little throwback for you so feel free to make fun of that deal and uh, hey we're getting closer to the end folks if you have the opportunity get your vaccines take it seriously we're not done with masks but we're getting there so please continue on Kyle yeah if you're looking for me on Twitter you can find me at Allen underscore four Going to play a little bit off of what Don said. We've got a ton of new riders joining the Ride or Dynasty writing team. They're putting out great content, including Don's recent mock draft, which has a whopping 386 views in the first day on the site. Woo. So shout out Don for that. But we've had a lot of writers putting out great stuff, get a lot of content on the site. So check it out, rideordynasty.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media, at rideordynasty. Eric. Well, uh, Don and Kyle took all the good points to make already. So uh, <laughs> I guess just throw me a follow on Twitter at Eric Braunmauer. And that's about it. Nothing else happening in the world. It's you won't right. regret it. <laughs> all right. Now, our special guests. Thank you so much, Santiago. Um, analyst for Brodo Fantasy. Thank you for having me. I always have a great time here. Uh, if anyone wants to find me, I'm on Twitter at BrotoFFCasanova. We have some great things coming to Broto, so keep an eye out. We have an app coming out, just sneak peek Ooh, here. So Fancy. 
take that out soon, co coming very, very soon. And yeah, thank you for having me again. I don't know how much they're paying you, but they need to pay you more. You are priceless. I am serious. If you're not following Santiago on Twitter, you're Twittering wrong. Yeah, forget you, all of us. You're literally doing it wrong. We appreciate your follows, but if you're following anybody that was on this pod, make it Santiago. Yeah, absolutely. Um, or the Sasquatch, but you can't follow yeah, him, so that would be a, an empty, empty Just thing. I, I am at JJ Winner. I want to thank Santiago. I want to thank Kyle for coming on. Of course, my co-hosts, Don and Eric. But especially thank you to all the writers out there for your support. For all of your listens, all of your reads. None of this is possible without each and every one of you. So thank you. And from all of us to all of you, be safe, be well, and remember, never say anything to make a meeting longer or cut a happy hour short. Boat drinks, my friends. Boat drinks. Boat drinks.